0: Use the code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech.
1: AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear.
0: Hi there.
2: Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Wee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
3: The volume.
1: Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here Reminded you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps. Ryan snaps your favorite college football podcast at snaps Monday through Thursday, one Eastern new Central, on amp, download it and come hang out with us today.
0: Oh, what's going on snaps in a late night post game live session here on YouTube. Thanks for everyone for joining us right now. Uh, make sure you leave your comments. Uh, as LSU just got throttled in the second half, FSU 45-24. And I had to bring on uh, a couple co-hosts tonight. T-Bob is – pray for T-Bob after that rough one tonight for his Tigers. Roddy Jones, former Georgia Tech running back, uh, now works for the ESPN, ACC Network. And then the face of the SEC Network, Peter Burns, who – uh man it was a rough night for us sec guys pb but we have to give rodney the first go here because they they put the ass whooping on the sec last night north carolina taking care of usc and then tonight lsu who is a lot of people's favorites to to repeat uh heading to atlanta another rough start back-to-back losses to florida state rodney you're up first man what'd you see from them seminoles uh, complete and
2: total domination, to be honest with you. Uh, first off, uh, I, I, I did the prayer hands for T-Bob. Peter Burns this is for you, you as well. I am, I'm just happy that you're on, that you showed up. Uh, thank you for doing that, being a professional and showing up. After uh, after your Tigers took that out. And
3: honestly, I would just real quick, I'm glad that they invited you on and nobody else because you're like the <laughs> nicest human being. Like, that is like the amount, <laughs> the amount of.
0: We like, could have brought Canel on. We could have brought Danny on.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, EJ Manuel. EJ's nice too, but Canel would have just. He would have he right gone there.
3: It's like trash talking. So the fact of like, <laughs> you, like you doing that, I know it's like. <laughs> and I'm here to eat the crow, baby. Like, it is. Yeah was that was an ass whooping that's exactly what
2: it was it, it, it was man and, and it, it was shocking to me look i picked lsu i thought lsu was going to win the game i thought lsu would be more physical i thought lsu the skill on the outside was going to test florida state in a place where they were most i would say vulnerable on defense which is at the cornerback position um but it was kind of the opposite not kind of the opposite it was the complete opposite florida state was more physical florida state was more versatile florida state was deeper florida state was more talented at the skill positions. And then the first half. If you look at the entirety of the game, the, the the scary thing for everybody else in the ACC is I would grade Florida State out as like a B minus overall in the game. It's probably a C in the first half, and then an A in the second half. Maybe an A plus in the second half. Uh, based on how it went, so, so but if, if Florida State had not had the self inflicted wounds in the first half in terms of yeah. penalties, if they'd have caught the ball, you could say the same thing about LSU. But but if they'd have caught the ball in the first half a couple of times, and if Jordan Travis didn't have those two possessions where he kind of short circuited a little bit, mm-hmm. um, this thing could have been worse than it
3: already was. Um, but no, it, ultimately, no, it, it, I think it was as worse as it, like it was as bad as it humanly possible as it could have gotten. I mean. I mean it, yeah. it, <laughs> And you say it, and I mean, like, the the truth is, is FSU was the better team. There's no doubt about it, too. And LSU shot themselves in the foot. I mean, the, the play calling. These are the two inexplicable things, Aaron. You've been around a lot more college football than I have. Roddy, the same thing, right? I'm just a fan with the microphone. But I look at this and I go, how is my little peon brain don't understand The play calling in the red zone for LSU early in that game, and then secondary, uh, six points, six points in the first
0: quarter given up by by going for it.
3: It's out of control. Um, and I don't mind. Actually, I don't even mind the going for it. I like that. I like the aggressive mentality. It's the fact of the play calling that got you there, and all of a sudden you're like freak out and you change everything. But the other part of that is Harold Perkins was game changing. And I More was he? I, I well, he's playing, he's got a new number, and maybe they need to change that. Yeah, he just looks like a completely different person. Is he almost looked like like they have like the governor switch on him? You know, I know yeah. they're trying to put mm-hmm. him in a position, and in last year they just said, Hey, see ball, go get ball. But guys, I mean, Aaron, I, 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 I felt he felt neutered out there, and like he just would sit there as a spy. Or you got to yeah. do something.
0: He, he was thinking, I mean, the great thing about Harold Perkins last year was see ball, go get ball, go be an athlete. Just just mm-hmm. whatever you need to do to get the quarterback, whatever you need to get the running back, you just go be you. And at times yep. it's going to be a little bit painting outside the lines and we're okay with that. Yep. And then this year it feels like you you said, okay, man, here here's the parameters you play within this box. And he felt restricted. He kind of felt like I can't go around making plays because if I do that, I'm going to be punished for, for not playing the linebacker position. Yeah. When you've got an athlete like that, you just say, once again, see ball, go get ball. Go yeah. out there and make plays. I mean, I felt like I didn't see him make a single play the entire ball game. I think
2: I think it's an example of coaches outthinking themselves. Like, you get all this time in the offseason and you're thinking, all right, how can we best use him so he's versatile, we can move him around? When When the thing you should do is build the rest of the defense around that guy being great, to like let him go be great. Yeah. And to be honest, guys, I don't know how much you paid attention to Clemson's defense last year. They did something similar with Trenton Simpson last year. He was, a, he was kind of a Sam linebacker that would rush off the edge, cover. He, w- he was a space player that they moved into the box. And for the first half of the season, he was awful. He was playing. He, couldn't, he was thinking too much. The reads were different. He couldn't get off block. That's what I felt like I was watching again with Harold Perkins, a guy who had been constrained to a role in the box. And who was really taken out of the game because that was one of the matchups that I wanted to see him coming off the edge, getting after Jared, uh, getting after uh, Jordan Travis.
0: Yeah, and Blake Walter said in the chat, uh, same thing the Cowboys did with with, with Micah. I Micah mean, Parsons, just, just, yeah, he's a linebacker. You put a defense in a position and you just let him go out there and be an athlete, and he just dominates the NFL level. That's who Harold Perkins is. So put him in a position where he does have to think and just let him go play. So, it But even at the end of the
3: day, real quick, Aaron, even at the end no, no. of the day, let's say Harold Perkins makes a couple of plays in this game. Let's say Mason Smith plays in that game. It doesn't um, overshadow the fact that the defensive backs for LSU, which were already going to be a big concern coming yeah. in, were just picked on, right? Like yep. anytime Jordan Travis saw that four had 22 on him, it was like, well, okay, I'm just going to throw it to you, and, and Keon was just going to go put up like Madden, you know, PlayStation number.
2: And look, they Deuce Chestnut's a uh, Syracuse transfer, so they knew they knew all about Deuce Chestnut. Deuce mm-hmm. Chestnut is a good corner. He was not the best corner on that Syracuse team. Garrett Williams was. He was a third round pick of uh, I think the Green Bay Packers. He's a he was an NFL draft pick last year. Uh, so, and, and and Deuce Chestnut is a smaller guy that kind of has to play in a savvy way, and that'll work against a lot of receivers. It's not going to work against Keon Coleman, who is absolutely fantastic.
0: No, he he was. Man, the portal was good to both these teams, but even better to FSU in that offense. PB, I want to ask you this. Yeah. Was it more about FSU being that good? Because I'm bullish on FSU, man. Like, that's my team to win the ACC, and I thought they were going to be held out of the playoffs because I thought LSU was going to win tonight. And the fact they got through this the way they did, I'm like, man, not only do I think they're going to win the ACC, now it's legitimate. Even if you do lose in Death Valley – you can get a rematch and still make it to the final four teams in the country, especially with a resume builder like this. But was it FSU being that good or LSU maybe not being as good as we, we thought they could be this year?
3: Yeah, I mean, I go back and look at it. I mean, this 17-17, right, that LSU has an opportunity or I can't remember right before half or or right after half. Where Lacy drops a big pass. Yeah, it's
2: right after half.
3: And yeah, and and that would that would have been. I mean, they had a great drive going. I'm thinking, all right, that's a momentum changer. Then even when FSU scores the next drive, all of a sudden uh, Thomas drops a, a pass that's mm-hmm. wide open as well too. And I'm like, that was that was kind of to me those turning points. Whereas like FSU receivers were making those snags where LSU had the drops, and so sure. like athlete. <coughs> Sorry I me, mean, athlete to athlete, they didn't look much different, right? Like yeah. it, it just looked like there were athletes all over on the field today. I thought LSU's defensive line looked pretty damn good. Um, the cornerbacks definitely did they did not. But when it came down to it, I'm like, it was gut punch time and Jordan Travis was the man. And I'll give a yeah. ton of credit for Mike Norvell. I thought one of the reasons why LSU would win this game is because I thought Brian Kelly had was finally the, the grown up in the room there in Baton Rouge, and so yep. he had all of those guys like wired in the way Ogeron didn't have them, the way that Les Miles didn't have them, and 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 it was Norvell and that play calling, and for those guys to bend but don't break early, that was that was a damn game right there.
0: Yeah. Well, I, and listen, and I thought, Roddy, you brought this up too. There was a moment in the second quarter with Jordan Travis where he seemed to get a little bit of the mentality of I need to create some sort of explosive play and yeah. he started to get a little bit reckless with the football, had the interception, then the, that sort of jump pass that should have been an interception. LSU should, should have, have had the ball picked, in yeah. like a, inside the 15-yard line yeah. with the opportunity to put more points on the board. Very fortunate there for him. But you take away those two possessions, and I was impressed, man, his ability to extend plays, the accuracy down the field. Obviously, it helps when you have you know two, three guys that are going to be drafted in the first two, three rounds in the NFL draft to throw to, but – is this the missing piece? Because we saw him do this last year at the end of the season, but the excuse was, for, for people that aren't FSU fans, he did it against bad teams. He didn't do it against good defenses. He did it against a good defense today. I know there's some question marks in the secondary, but it's still a good defense for LSU. Does this now give FSU fans the thought of, okay, we do have a quarterback that can take us and, and could, it, could go into Death Valley in a few weeks and beat Clemson?
2: Yeah, I, I I absolutely think so. Um, the maturity that Jordan Travis has shown in in his career, the fact that he's gotten significantly better in each offseason, and, and I think you saw that today. His ability to rebound. This dude's been through so much. Those two throws did not phase him at all. And then he comes back and he's able to perform. The the he so so that is going to be a difference. The difference for FSU this year though is that they are going to be an offense that is so hard to prepare for because of the personnel groupings. I thought that we'd see a lot more of that two-back stuff in the first half. But no, it was two tight ends that they went with for the vast majority of the first half with a kid that transferred from shorter and Joaquin Bell. So, uh, like, I had no idea that the second tight end, the other tight end was going to play. But, but the fact that that didn't work, so they are like, okay, well, we'll try some 11 personnel, and then we'll eventually settle into 21, two backs, one tight end to sort of get that run game going. That's what's going to make Florida State so difficult this year. It's not the fact that Jordan Travis is playing that much better because he he is going to play better. Yeah, But it's the fact that that offense is going to be so hard to prepare for and honestly so multiple that it doesn't matter what you stop. They're going to have a counter to it. Uh, and that, that offensive line was was pretty physical too.
3: That second half, they changed gears, and that was just a different look that LSU wasn't ready for. And, and then, I mean, again, and I understand it—the idea that halftime adjustments are like the most overblown thing that uh, you know fans think of. But at some point, some coordinator over there was like, "Okay, we got we." There's three or four mismatches that we have or looks that we have, and Roddy, they took full advantage of. It, and LSU couldn't make those adjustments. You know, right. and again, I know LSU fans are going to bitch and moan that Harold Perkins, what you know, wasn't a game changer, but I don't, I still don't place it on, on on that whole deal. I mean, they just flat out got whooped. And as, that's another thing, too. Late into that game, there was a little bit of quit in LSU. Right. Yeah. And yeah. started getting
0: run over. There are a couple of times that the FSU started lowering the boom and LSU just they took it like a little. P I no, no, they H we're just like know. whatever we give up. And that's that's not the sign you want early in the season.
3: No, but it's also the product, and I think we'll see more and more of that in a transfer portal world, whereas you have guys that'll be like, hey man, I'm here, I'm on this team, but I didn't, I wasn't a diehard FSU fan, or I'm not a diehard LSU fan since the time I was seven, and I'm gonna battle everything. Like, like to me, you're gonna you might see a little bit more of that this year for some of these transfer laden teams yep. or, or, or heavy teams. But again, and good for FSU for doing it, man. Because Roddy, that wasn't just a win against LSU. How much do I talk my shit about what's going on with SEC versus ACC yeah. and whatnot? And they need to have that, right? I mean, yeah. this this conference needs to have somebody to be able to punch somebody else in the nose, and they just absolutely delivered a knockout blow today. Well, well they need
0: someone. I'll pass this to Roddy too. They they need someone other than than Clemson as well. Yeah, because exactly. I, I think I think that's the biggest thing. Like, can you get? Can you get the second one? Can you get the Batman to or the Robin to the Batman? And, and obviously, the SEC has had that because Alabama's had their run. LSU has sprinkled a couple of national championships along the way. Now, Georgia's kind of had their opportunity to win a couple of national championships, but it's been Clemson essentially owning the ACC and kind of been in the one team that everyone says if AC is going to have a chance, we're going to put it on the Tigers. Then all of a sudden, heading into this season, it's like, okay, yeah, it could be Clemson. Mm-hmm. But it could also be FSU too, and I think yep. that, to me, should give the the conference more excitement because it's now you have two chances, not just one, but two legitimate teams that can make a run for a national championship. So, where do you feel? I know we got to wait till, and we'll, we'll preview Clemson real quick first, Duke after this, but but where do you view that hierarchy before the season or before this game, and where do you view it now, Rodney, of of FSU and Clemson? So, so uh, I, I think I think it's it's clemson
2: was number one clearly to me and then florida state was a clear two and then there was kind of the shuffle after uh now i am doubting myself like i gotta see clemson tomorrow they have to convince me that they're better than this florida state team and in terms of the perception of the league of the acc there's been a lot of negativity around the acc mostly through conference realignment but a lot of it play on the field uh, over the course of the last few years Uh, so i think this weekend was huge like The the North Carolina-South Carolina game felt very much like a game that the ACC has lost in the past, where a team that's going to go on to have a really good season in the ACC loses to a team that's going to end up somewhere in the middle of the pack in the SEC. Never a good look. Well, North Carolina goes out there and handles South Carolina in a game where you walk away and you're like, all right, I know clearly who the better team is. And then at the top of the leagues, the ACC also wasn't able to get over those. I think back a couple of years ago when Clemson and DJ Uyunglele first season as a full-time starter loses to Georgia early on. Georgia goes on to win the national championship. And Clemson the whole year were having to justify what's going on by saying, well, they played Georgia close and nobody else has. But they didn't win that game. And so the top of the league games as well haven't gone the ACC's way, and it was complete domination. So, so that, from a perception standpoint, is going to help the league all year long. And I think it's going to hurt the SEC. Because even if LSU goes on to have a pretty good year, there's always going to be the, well, what happened against Florida State in game mm-hmm. one? We saw that. So it's really going to feel like a Georgia-Alabama league. And if Alabama loses this week it's going to, or, or this upcoming week, it's going to feel like a Georgia league. And that's it.
0: Yeah. It's, so yeah, but I, want get, I want to get one more comment from, from PB real quick on, yeah. on, on LSU and on kind of what we need to wrap it up. But for me, when I look at LSU – to the other side of the ball here and and talk about what needs to improve. And this is something I kind of hit a little bit with T-Bob earlier on the week. It was, can you find a running game? That's not just Jaden. I mean, he he can't, he can't feel like he has to take over the entire football game, throwing it and running it. Like you're deep at running back. Maybe you don't have a true legit number one guy back there right now, but I, I, there needs to be some pressure taken off him going forward, and we didn't see that tonight. It was kind of like, Jaden, go be Superman. you got to run the ball, and you gotta, and you got to throw it, and you've to be effective doing both of them at a high level if you want this, this offense to move down the field. So that's kind of my one area of concern for LSU going forward. When you watch tonight, what would be your number one spot that you need to see LSU get better at?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, just to build upon that real quick, and you know, John Emory Jr. did not play again for like the 15th straight year where he was not <laughs> available for an opener. So, you know, I mean, that that's kind of crazy. But again, they have enough scholarship backs. You're LSU; you should have enough cats out there to be able to to do it. And that's where that game I kind of thought was won for FSU. Once they got the running game going in the third quarter, all of a sudden LSU looked a little bit lost, and and that to me is a concern. But the flip side of it is again. LSU fans are going to lose their mind if they can't figure out how to get Harold Perkins involved a little bit more. But it doesn't mean anything unless the secondary, you know, Denver Harris has got to show up when he eventually plays something. Because guess what? They're going to be facing Will Rogers in a, in a, in a potent Mississippi State pass for a heavy offense here in a couple of weeks. You got Arkansas who K.J. Jefferson. I mean, he found um, Isaac. T-Slaw, and, and they've got some w- big, huge wide receivers. Like, mm-hmm. I look at things because of the way it transpired there at Camping World Stadium today, completely through a different prism. Like, that was not just a, hey, you lose. That is, there are some serious deficiencies. Like, that's not a band-aid. That's a head wound that LSU has right now. And I don't know how you adjust that quickly to, to, to be a contender in the SEC when you're that deficient in, in one secondary.
0: And, and and you're in the toughest division in all of college football. That that that's the scary thing, too. You're already now starting by Ball You gotta go to Tuscaloosa. You gotta play Ole Miss, who um a lot of these teams played scrub teams, but like m looks like they have an offense. Ole Miss is gonna have an offense. Like you're gonna have to play games where you're gonna have to score 40 or 50 points. You gotta be a little bit more than one-dimensional and then gotta rely less on on Jaden doing a little bit of everything. All right, let, let's look forward. We'll click to tomorrow, another big game in the ACC. Uh, it's like the Pac-12 and the ACC just getting all the love this weekend. I mean, who would have thunk <laughs> that after this weekend, we weren't talking about the SEC, we weren't talking about the Big Ten, we we're talking about how the Pac-12 is undefeated uh, and the ACC is is obviously making my some own big
3: personal hell, by ahead. the way. Just so you know, just so you know, like I'm up, I got to be <laughs> up in like five hours, and I'm like, let's preview uh, ACC football and talk about how good the Pac-12. Yes, yeah, sir. And yeah. throw it in My mouth. Yep. And, uh, yeah. On the, on the yeah.
2: Oh. <laughs> All right, so you guys like, have you had, had, you've had you your ears. It's time for you to share the spotlight. The yeah. ACC has been planning for this for years by getting whooped on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday of
0: opening weekend. And now, now we
2: have our moment where we are winning these games. We will basket it, Peter Burns. We will basket it.
0: Hey, PB, they needed it after you know what it looks to be adding uh, Stanford and and SMU. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, just wait till that. Yeah, 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 yeah. the oh, excitement we'll be, there. They need a little, little bit after more. Dark.
3: You could be Cal right Now I'm not quite sure. Yeah, like
0: yeah. All right, Roddy, you're up first. Give us a little preview for what we can expect tomorrow night. Clemson at Duke.
2: Oh, I'm fascinated to see two things. One, uh, this new look, Clemson offense. Garrett Riley comes over, Kate Klubnik takes over. at uh, at quarterback Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator from TCU a year ago, I I think that's an automatic upgrade. You know, people have questioned the skill talent uh, at Clemson. Antonio Williams was excellent in the slot as a freshman a year ago. They've got Will Shipley and Phil Maffa. They've got outside receivers that they feel good about. And, And so overall, I would say that this is probably a more talented skill position group than he had last year at TCU. They may not have Quentin Johnson, but I think they've got a bunch of guys that are, that, are, that are really capable college football players and probably NFL draft picks, certainly two in the backfield. And I would go out on a limb and say there's probably three of those guys in the receiver room in a Garrett Riley offense. But the number one pro, pro, pro prospect in that game plays for Duke, and it's Riley Leonard, the quarterback. You look at all the, mm-hmm. at the, the mock drafts that are starting to come out. I know these are really early, but Riley Leonard is projected as a first-round pick. He is an insane athlete, like a 360 dunk type athlete coming out of high school uh, who is showing real accuracy, real command of that offense. And last year, Kevin Johns, the offensive coordinator, did a really good job putting him in really good positions early in uh, early in possessions, first and second downs. They were super efficient. Efficient. So I want to see him against a Clemson defense that's absolutely loaded in the front at the safety position. And they've got two of the best linebackers in the country in Jeremiah Trotter, Jr., and Barrett Carter. We'll see if Trotter plays. He's been a little banged up, but uh, but I'm I'm really fascinated to see how Riley Leonard deals with that.
0: All right. Before I get PB's little little thought from a, from an SEC's perspective, Brian Hall in the chat says, "Man, Aaron, call T Bob and tell him to stop hiding like a little girl." Uh, I will let him know tomorrow. We'll be we'll we will be live tomorrow, but we will be doing a show tomorrow, uh, and we will see if T Bob. Um, is hopefully live after after tonight, so we'll, we'll see about that one. Uh, P. Your initial thoughts for tomorrow, kind of as we wrap this amazing weekend of football up with this game. Does Duke have any chance in your mind to take down the big bad Clemson
3: Tigers? Yeah, I hope it's two nothing. Duke wins. That's
2: it.
3: We look at that, and it's just like it was the, the world. Remember that that the Frank Beamer meme where it's like a zero zero, oh, yeah. and he's like, yeah, "It's man.
2: hung in the loop." So I hear.
3: Um, I love it. So the only thing uh I will say this the only thing worse that happened this weekend uh to LSU was my man, my boy and our favorite Tom Luganville saying that Deion Sanders had the worst roster Ooh. in all of college football. So
2: that did not age well. I love Lugs. That didn't did age well. Go didn't
3: go go bigger, well. big I do... no. go bigger Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brody, he would be, he
0: would I, I I didn't really see I didn't see many, many messages from, from Tom on social this weekend. Did he did he go dark on us?
3: No, he
2: was good. He he oh, Yeah, he, I think he's fine. Yeah, Lou, Lou's got tough skin. He's on the call tomorrow for uh, for Duke Clemson. So he's, he's, he's in prep mode all weekend long.
3: No, he oh, and he man. ate crow. Like he's he's good. Like that's the whole deal. Like man, we, we this is it's fun as hell. Like I know Roddy, and you know, like all of us. Like we talk our trash, but man, what you know, life is hard. We got a lot of real stuff happening in the world. And I'm like, I love the fact that people in my mentions giving me hell be, and and vice versa. Like that's what makes college football the best sport ever. That people yeah. go watch us in the middle of the night and comment and talk in trash to us. Like, hell yeah, I love it.
0: God, I'm I'm hoping Duke wins tomorrow because I have Clemson fans on my ass yeah. this entire offseason because I've been dogging them saying that, you know, I, I think Kate is good, but I don't believe in him just yet. I do think you're not Kelsey a believer. Be ACC, and uh, I mean they are just ripping me. So I think um, I think we'll
2: I, I'm gonna be honest with you, Aaron. I think Clemson lights it up tomorrow. Lights it the Duke yeah. defense was not very Clemson the Duke defense was not very good last year. Uh, they did not make any significant improvements from a personnel standpoint. Um, so an incremental improvement and they are still like, you know, slightly below average mm-hmm. Clemson. This is the worst two Clemson offenses that we've seen since like 2010 and 2011. And they won 10 games the past
3: two years. Mm-hmm. So
2: imagine what they're going to do with Garrett Riley. And and, and
3: and Roddy, this is what I want to see, right? Because Aaron's has been crapping all over Clemson all season long. But I want is I want, them to win and win big and Dabo go full Deion Sanders on, on Aaron <laughs> Murray. they be like, huh? I can't. This, is a,
0: win. this is a no-win situation for Clemson tomorrow night because if you win big, it's Duke. Who gives a shit? Like You were supposed dude, to nine games last. Year. I nine. know, but there's still the perception it's, it's Duke and you're Clemson and you have significantly more talent on your roster. Regardless of what Duke did last year, you, the, the talent difference is incredible. If it's close, and it's like, what the hell? How did you have a close game with Duke? Like tomorrow is a no-win situation at all. Yeah, I think the only winner will be if K does show massive improvements throwing the football, and the offense finds some weapons on the outside. Which to me, that's the biggest difference of, of from last year's. Where's those first-round talent at the on the receiving position? I feel like that has been not existent for a couple of years for the uh, Last one for both of you before we uh, we go night night here. PB. Yeah. Can LSU win the West based on what you saw tonight?
3: Mm, no, because I, I I didn't think their secondary was going to be that bad, and there's too many good passing offenses. So um, that's a struggle bus right now. I will tell you this: I thought A and M looked really good, and I, I get it. I, I know it's against the uh, the fighting Lobos really of New Mexico, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm excited to see what that little you know arranged marriage of Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher going to do. All
0: right, Roddy, last one for you: Can Florida State beat? a Michigan, a Georgia, an Alabama, are they good enough to do that? Should the ACC be rooting for Florida State to be the team holding that flag this year? Mm, uh, let's see
2: Clemson tomorrow before I go all in on just rooting for Florida State. I think it can beat two out of the three. I don't know if they can beat Georgia, but I think they, as currently constructed, I think they would have beat Alabama tonight. I think they would have beat Michigan tonight. Michigan doesn't play anybody until you know November. It seems like every yeah. year, so, so they have an easy runway. But but yes, I think. Look, if I had a vote in the AP poll, Florida State would be number two um, after yep. what I saw today.
0: Yep, I'm Florida,
3: with you, man. We're Florida State is the greatest ahead. team in the history of college football. It's like ninety five Nebraska in two thousand twenty three. Florida State I just <laughs> <don't know. laughs>
0: transfer portal, and yeah. we're seeing teams that. Dip their toe in the trend, like which which Dabo didn't, Dion did in a big way, massive success. Florida State, they went out there, got guys in the transfer portal, massive success tonight. We'll see if Dabo, old school way, build it through recruiting, can continue to have success in 2023. Uh, we appreciate everyone jumping on with us late night here. We got like 550 people watching at the moment. Make sure you hit that like, that subscribe. Uh, T-Bob will be back tomorrow, so if you want to come see what it's like to lose a massive game once again for an LSU Tiger fan and have to come back the next day and actually work, uh, make sure you tune in. We'll get T-Bob's full reaction from tonight as well. So we appreciate you. Appreciate you too, PB, especially you after SEC just got completely waxed for uh, for, for being the big, be so bigger man. got
3: Alabama oh. cup. This is my paint thinner right here. All right, I'm going <laughs> to.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Roddy, man, appreciate you as always. And everyone have a great rest of your night.
1: A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or,
3: shoot that, shoot that!